I remember giving this illustration back in the summer of 2022 as we were engaged in our exit strategies. I said, as my wife and I moved into our house in 2017, I don't know why, but I decided to start a garden. I don't know anything about gardening. I don't know anything about planting. Y'all don't judge me because <laughs> I feel the judgment coming. I just saw that my neighbors had flowers and I said, my last name is Flowers. So why not plant some flowers? Let me pick up a new hobby. So I begin to enroll in YouTube University and watch all of these videos on gardening. I saw the type of soil I need to get, the type of mulch I needed to get. I started to research what type of flowers work best in the Houston, Texas area. And I'm planting these flowers, have all this soil, all this dirt. And I'm intentional. I get like weed killer. I'm serious about this. I want these flowers to grow. I get weed killer, I'm watering them every day, but they're not growing, and so I started to get frustrated. So then I began to look up for what type of sprinklers are best to grow flowers. I install sprinklers, I'm removing the weeds, but nothing is growing. You see, sometimes I think the church does a great job with preaching about the blessings of God, but not necessarily the timing of God. Because like I've been articulating all throughout this series, Faith in God also requires faith in his timing. And so I'm wondering why these flowers aren't growing. Don't y'all judge me. I Googled it and it told me you're planting flowers in October. <laughs> See, but I thought because, you know, Houston can feel like 85 degrees in October. Like today, we are 73 degrees on December the 31st. And I figured just because it still feels like spring, I can get the fruit in fall like I would get the fruit in spring. And I'm sitting here frustrated because I'm not understanding that the soil and the seeds are preaching to me. They're telling me we have been set by God's timing. So all of your efforts, all of your straining, all of that, it's nice, but it's not going to work right now because it's not the right time. Can I give somebody a prophetic word? It's not that God isn't hearing your prayers. It's that you're planting flowers in October. This is the season where God's like, that has to fall off. This is the season that petty it has to go, that arrogance it has to go. There are more seasons that you have to go through and you're looking at other seasons or you're judging the atmosphere. And you're thinking that due to my atmosphere, I can produce fruit in this season just like I saw other people do in that season. And this is how we get hurt. This is how we get hurt because when people fall in love with your flowers and not your roots, they'll leave you and fall. Talk Holy Spirit. When they fall in love with your flowers but not your roots, they'll leave you and fall. They don't know how to be loyal when you're facing a crisis. They don't know how to be there when you get a negative doctor's report. They're only there for your blooming, but they're not there for your storming. Could it be that you're not dealing with the satanic assault? You're asking God to grow something in October. And it's not the season for it. And this, this is a true story, y'all. I forgot about these flowers. Forgot about them. One day in April, I hop in my truck. I'm heading to church. I look in my garden, and there go the flowers. 
I wasn't watering them anymore. I wasn't providing weed killer anymore. I wasn't providing a certain type of soil that you two told me. They grew on their own in the right time. See, my efforts were sprinklers. God's blessing was rain. Some of us, you don't even know God's hand is not on thing because you have so many sprinklers. But if you just trust the timing of God, it showed me that it'll grow in the right time. Are you really under attack? Or are you under bad habits? We have to teach this because I understand how it works now. I, I get it. I get it. When we don't trust the timing of God, we begin to try to help God rush his own timing. And so what that does by default, it gets for us to engage in the premature. Now, remember, the enemy comes to, y'all talk to me, kill, steal, and destroy. All right. Anything that's born prematurely has a heightened possibility to experience death. So if he can get us to make premature choices sign premature contracts, get in premature relationship when your heart is not healed from the last four relationships, we will end up experiencing death over and over and over and we'll end up blaming God because we don't have the biblical intelligence to identify there's a such thing as God's timing. Timing. Somebody say timing. timing. This is why Proverbs chapter 20 Verse 21, a scripture that most people have not read or have forgotten about. Proverbs 20, verse 21 says, An inheritance obtained too early. Y'all reading the Bible? Oh, y'all looking on the screen. Okay. An inheritance obtained too early in life is not a blessing in the end. It's possible that what would be a blessing in April will not be a blessing if you get it in October. The character's not there yet. The faithfulness is not there yet. It doesn't mean that God is not blessing you. It means he loves you so much that he's going to wait until you have the character to maintain it. Is this making sense? See, this is why I was preaching so passionately for part four of our time and series when we dealt with heartbreak and God's timing. Because I was trying to get us to understand, what do you do when the heart is screaming, I want to know why. I want to know why they left. I want to know why they lied on me. I want to know why she didn't mother me. I want to know why he didn't father me. I want to know why they betrayed me. Sometimes needed closure forces us to stand in the rubble of what was left unsaid. And it hurts your heart. Sometimes needed closure forces for you to accept that you were left on read. Because you don't always get the privilege of writing the conclusion. Sometimes you're forced to watch the closing credits. This is so good, y'all. And I was trying to get us to understand, what if the disappointment was for recalibration? And God's like, okay, I'm going to allow disappointment to hit your heart so that I can recalibrate your feet. Because the path you were going on was wasting time. 
And what I have anointed for you to do in the earth realm, ma'am, what I have anointed for you to do in the earth realm, sir, is too necessary, is too needed. So I'm going to allow a disappointment to hit your heart where I can get your feet back on track because I don't want you to waste time. Time. And there's this, this question I really want us to consider because I'm, I've learned this really in 2023. God doesn't just order your steps, Jerry. He also orders your severing. He doesn't just order your, your steps. He also orders your severing. Never feel bad for a connection that was severed when God handed you the scissors. So, so here's a question. And then we're going to dive into this foundational text and really exegete it for the remainder of the time that we have together. Um, how long are you going to allow your habits to burglarize your time? It's rhetorical. You don't have to answer it. How long are you going to allow your habits to burglarize your time? Because productivity is never an accident. But rather, it's the salary of those who invested their time wisely. One more time for note takers. Productivity is never an accident, but rather it's the salary for those who have invested their time wisely. Wisely. I, I know it hurts, but do you trust God's timing enough to trust him when it hurts? And to have this posture, like God is good even when life isn't. See that one clap? I know, I know, I, I get it. <laughs> I want us to grow though, I can't always preach milk. I really want us to consider how long are you going to act hard and say that didn't hurt when it really hurt? See, because when you say it didn't hurt, you cause the people who God has sent in your life to help you heal from the hurt underserve you. Because I can't help you with a wound I don't know exists. Can we go deeper? Okay, not acknowledging that something used to have past importance is not a healthy coping mechanism, but rather is to leave a wound untreated. And wounds that are left untreated become infections, and infections spread. This is why it has spread to your perspective. It's spread to the way that you see things. It's spread to the way that you view church because you said, I'm cool, I'm straight, but I'm trying to get us to understand acting hard is hard. Acting hard is hard, and God is like, okay, moving forward, I need for them to stop acting as though they're at an address they're not really at, because blessings don't arrive at the address you pretend to be at. They arrive at the address that you're really at, and if you keep on pretending that you're at this place that you're not, you're going to say, God hasn't answered my prayers, and he's going to say, no, you haven't been honest with me. Talk Holy Spirit. God doesn't just order your steps. He also orders your severing. Nothing is wrong with you saying that hurt. Because caring is the byproduct of an investment. Did y'all hear what I just said? Caring is the byproduct of an investment. If you invested nothing in the stock market and it crashes today, you don't care. Because <laughs> you invested nothing. When you've invested something, you care. So this passage in Acts chapter 5, verse 27, it has a little length to it, 
but I couldn't do hopscotch. I really want us to get this because it's, it's very spiritually nutritious. Okay, just a little backdrop of what we're about to read. Jesus has already defeated death. He has rose from the grave and has ascended back to heaven. And now the apostles are telling everybody about it. They're telling everybody about the good news. They're telling everybody about what Jesus has done. They're doing miracles. They're healing the sick. They're casting out devils. And those Pharisees, Sadducees, all the religious people, because, you know, religious people don't like to see holy people operate in God-like power. <laughs> they begin to have an issue with the apostles preaching in the name of Christ. And so this is where we're hopping in. Acts chapter 5, verse 27. If you're ready, shot, I'm ready. The apostles were brought in and made to appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name, he said. Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. I love Peter's response. Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than human beings. So in other words, Peter, like, forget what you're talking about. We're going to do what God told us to do. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead whom you killed by hanging him on a tree, hanging him on the cross. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgiveness or forgive their sins. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. Look at this, y'all. When they heard this, they were furious and wanted to put them to death. But a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, who was honored by all the people, stood up in the Sanhedrin and ordered that the men be put outside for a little while. Then he addressed the Sanhedrin. Men of Israel, consider carefully what you intend to do to these men. Some time ago, Thedius appeared, claiming to be something, and about 400 men rallied to him. He was killed, and his followers were dispersed, and it all came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean appeared in the days of the census and led a band of people in revolt. He, too, was killed, and his followers were scattered. Therefore, in this present case, I advise you, leave these men alone. Let them go. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourself fighting against God. <laughs> our clause of concern, our verses of emphasis on this last Sunday of 2023 lives and takes residence in verse 28 and 29 of Acts chapter 5 where the Pharisee Gamaliel stands up and says hold on let me advise y'all real quick leave these dudes alone let them go for if their purpose or their activity is of human origin it will fail but if this is God you you're going to find yourself not able to stop them, and you're not just fighting them, but you're fighting God. In other words, Gamaliel is saying this. If this is flesh-based, 
If this is ego-based, if this is ambition-based, if this is them trying to build their platform, if this is them trying to gain followers, it sound like today, doesn't it? If this is them trying to get more subscribers, if this is them clout-chasing, if this is them being ambitious, if this is them trying to make their name great, if this is them trying to get everybody to notice them, if this is them trying to get everybody to subscribe to their podcast, if this is them trying to get everybody to pay attention to them for their glory, it will fail. It'll fail, but if God has endorsed this, if heaven is behind this, if Yahweh has authorized this, you can't stop it, you can't block it, you can't hinder it, because if God be for us, who could be against us? You could try to kill them, more Christians will convert. You could try to bomb their churches, tear down their churches. They're just going to go build another one and meet in other homes. We cannot stop a work that truly God is behind. (laughs) So as I'm looking at this text, I'm like, man, I, I, I really get what he's trying to say. He's like, okay, leave him alone. Leave him alone. Oh, this is for my spiritually mature audiences only. This is for people who have got to a place where you fight with your faith versus fighting with your fist, okay? Rest of those who haven't got there yet, just keep coming, all right? But bad-mouthing, when people bad-mouth you, that's actually free marketing. (laughs) See those claps? Because a lot of us want to (laughs) fight. Okay? I just want spiritually mature audiences only. Stop cutting off people who criticize you. Stop cutting off the gossiper. They're going to be instrumental in taking back the report that you won. You just got to have the integrity to stop fighting in comment sections. Stop fighting with your fists. Fight with your faith. I get how this goes. The battle belongs to the Lord. And vengeance is the Lord. Therefore, for you to try to get revenge is stealing. Because vengeance belongs to God, not you. And if you're trying to exercise vengeance, you're taking something that doesn't belong to you. I get it. I get it. God does not exercise vengeance by removing people or striking them with blindness. Stop praying that for your ex. (laughs) Stop praying and hoping whoever hurts you, God gets them back. God doesn't exercise vengeance by removing or striking your enemies with blindness. Ooh. God exercised vengeance by keeping them around long enough to witness him blessing your life. God exercises vengeance by blessing you and providing a front row seat to everybody who tried to destroy you. That's how he exercises vengeance. Do you have Bible to corroborate your claim? Yes, I do. I'm glad you asked. You better ask Joseph and Joseph will tell you, show you right, he'll do it. He'll allow the same people who tried to kill you now witness me in a whole nother season in my life. In one season, they sold me out. In the next season, I got to bail them out. (laughs) Next season, I got to bail them out. See, while you're shouting, be careful because many of us can't handle next level promotion yet because if you see the people who tried to sell you out and you you will no longer bail them out, you'll try to get them back. Because we have that Mike Jones theology. Back then, didn't vomit. me. Now I'm high. I'll loan me. That's not kingdom. That's culture. 
Kingdom is when you can say, you know what? You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. I get it now. God exercises vengeance by blessing you and providing a front row seat for all of those who tried to destroy you. I can give you more Bible. You better ask Esther and Mordecai, won't he do it? And he'll tell you, show you right, he'll do it. The same pole that Haman built to get Mordecai killed on is the same pole that Haman got killed and hung on himself because any assassination attempt on somebody else's character is really an assassination attempt on your own self because you can't throw mud at somebody without getting your hands dirty. I get it. I get it. God exercises vengeance by blessing you and providing a front row seat to all those who try to destroy you. I'm going to give you more Bible. You better ask Daniel, won't he do it? He'll tell you, show you right, he'll do it. The same people who snitched. They established a law saying you can't pray to any other God. They knew that I'm not going to stop praying. So they caught me in prayer and they went to go snitch to the king. And that got me thrown in the lion's den. But God shut the mouth of the lion. And then the same people who snitched on me saw the king rise me up out the lion's den and they got thrown in the lion's den themselves because God exercises vengeance by blessing you in front of the people who tried to destroy you. So for all those people who like to fight with your fist, I promise you it's better to fight with your faith. This is my posture. They talking. Let them keep talking. Just tell them, keep watching. <laughs> keep watching because God has a pattern of exercises, exercising vengeance, not by removing them, but providing them a seat to see that you can't stop my favor on who I have called. Leave these men alone. Let them go. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin. It's going to fail. But if God be for them, who can be against them? Let's sound like some owls. Everybody say, who? Who? <laughs> who can be against us? You know what Gamuel is really saying? Time will tell. <laughs> this is so good. Time will tell. Time is a tattletale. Time is really a snitch. Time will tell. Let's speak around that thought from this subject for part six of our timing series. Time will tell. Time will tell. Time will tell. Time will tell. If this is spirit-based or flesh-based, time will tell. Time will tell. Time will tell. You get post a lie. But time will tell the truth. This is why I always encourage us, don't you relationship goal anybody. Don't ministry goal anybody. Don't marry goal anybody. You don't know the climate behind that post. You don't know the devils that they're dealing with before they posted it. You don't know the sacrifices that they had to face before they posted it. You don't know what they're dealing with in the dark. So don't relationship goal anybody. Time will tell. Time will tell. Time will tell. Time will tell those who really care about you versus those who care about what you do for them. Time will tell. 
time will tell. Time will tell those who really believe in the gospel because a preacher told you to, a parent told you to, or if you have your own intimate relationship with Jesus for yourself. All it takes is one more pandemic. All it takes is one more tragedy. All it takes is one more crisis because crisis shows us who Christ is to us in our life. That's all it takes. Time will tell. This is why we did Voices for 14 weeks. I was trying to get us to understand, due to what's coming up on the land, you're going to have to know the voice of God for yourself. You're going to have to know the counsel of the Holy Spirit for yourself. It's going to be hard for you to be shepherded when you don't know the voice of your shepherd. But time will tell. Time will tell who's been in the gym and who hasn't. <laughs> time will tell. Am I telling the truth? Time will tell. Time will tell if this is all hype. All these shuttles that we have, all the golf carts, four overflows here at the church. We have to park in this church down the street, and then we have to park at his business across the street. And then we have shuttle buses to pick you up from a high school down the street. And then this school district is saying, don't park here, and we can't go over there. Time will tell if this is all hype or if God is doing something different in the earth. And there are a caliber of people who really desire the unadulterated sound theology, who desire Jesus, not Jerry, who desire the gospel, not Jerry, who desire the Holy Spirit and his will, time will tell. Time will tell if this is all hype or if this is God. Time will tell if this is a counterfeit or if this is a, a, if this is a counterfeit or if this is God sent. All we have to do is keep our legs closed and zipper up long enough because time will always reveal those who have hidden agendas. I didn't come to play on today. Somebody say time will tell. Time will tell. Yeah, time, time, yeah, time is going to tell. Why do you think everybody has all these resolutions right now? Because time is telling you what you need, need to do different with your time in this new time. Time is telling you this time we're going to go to the gym. Time is telling you, this time we're going to stop eating out, we're going to budget. Time is telling you, this time I'm going to stop allowing people to cause for me to step outside of my kingdom character. I need to exuberate this fruit of the Holy Spirit, self-control. So why is that all of your resolution? Because time is telling you that. Time will tell. Time will tell what you have labeled as a loss. You mislabeled it. It really was a victory. Because in the kingdom, winning seasons feel like losing ones. Prove it. If you lost them but found you and Jesus, that's not a loss. That's a victory. And time will tell. Time will tell. If you didn't get the position but you learned character along the way, you learned integrity and a work ethic along the way, that's not a loss, baby. That's a victory. And time will tell. If they rejected you, but that's not who God had for you anyway, that's not a loss. That's a victory, and time will tell. If the financial floodwaters rose unexpectedly, which caused for you to be more innovative with your gift and heighten your dependency on heaven, because sometimes limitation is the breeding ground of innovation and desperation. You didn't know how innovative you are with your gift until you had no choice but to be innovative with it. Some of us, you're not an entrepreneur because that's what you wanted to be. You're an entrepreneur by default. It took for something to happen for God to show you, look how gifted I made you. Look how creative I made you. But you wouldn't know that if that weight didn't get placed on you. 
Somebody say time will tell. Time will tell. But I, I don't know, Pastor. I, I don't know if I'm going to try next year. I fear failure. Okay, hear me. The fear of failure is worse than failure itself. The fear of failure is worse than failure itself. Failure is not defeat. Quitting is. You can't get any new muscles without failure. You must have muscle failure before you get stronger. Time will tell. Are you under attack? Or are you under a habit? Can I get us to say this confession? This is the last one of the year, so y'all should say it loud. Everybody watching, put this in the room in all caps. Can I get us to say this as loud as you can? The time is up for spiritual laziness. This time, I'm going to be fruitful in Jesus' name. One more time. The time is up for spiritual laziness. This time, I'm going to be fruitful in Jesus' name. Does anybody believe and receive that? Leave these men alone. <laughs> Let them go. Because <laughs> if it's of human origin, it's going to fail. But if God is with them, you can't stop it and you'll find yourself fighting God. Let me give you this disclaimer right now. If you came here <laughs> thinking that you're going to hear some, some rhyming colloquialism, 2024 is the year for more, and 2024 is the year you soar, you're going to be greatly irritated on the day because that's not what God told me to preach. If, if you came here today thinking that you're going to hear some cute, sugar-coated, non-challenging, non-convicting, inspirational speech because that's what a lot of churches do now. They don't give you sermons. They give you speeches, inspirational motivation. <laughs> if you came here thinking that you're going to hear some inspirational speech just so that you can mark off on your religious duty that you came to church today, just so that you can go back to being comfortable and content at living in a level that's beneath what God called you to live at, oh, this sermon going to irritate you on today. I pray for everybody who plans to get high, this message pricks you. Everybody who plans to get drunk on tonight, this message convicts you. Everybody who plans to get them some tonight from somebody that you're not married to, I pray that this message convicts you. I pray that everybody who said I'm turning up for the 2023 before I go to 2024, this message convicts you. While you're trying to turn up, you're going to hear, time will tell. Time will tell. You're going to hear it. <laughs> the weight, the weight, stop, y'all making me laugh. <laughs> the weight that has been placed on me for this, this period of time is God wants us to be more prudent with our time and with our habits. 
prudent with your time and with your habits to where you've arrived to this place and this sticks to your, your mind like adhesive. I'm not yours and it's not up for discussion. Anything that hell is trying to tempt us with, this needs to be our, our, our mindset. I'm not yours and it's not up for discussion. See, the reason our worship and our praise has been so intense, the reason our preaching has been so passionate is because, number one, we truly believe our God is that good. We truly believe that we give him all the glory, not just on Sunday for 90 minutes, but we strive to do this all throughout the week. Are we perfect? Absolutely not, but that's where we're striving to be. We're striving to give God the glory. I preach every sermon like it's my last one because one day it will be. And I don't know when that one day is, so I'm going to go all in every single time I have an opportunity to declare the gospel. That's the first reason. The second reason is I understand we have an enemy that's been trying to present us with events that form bad habits. See, a habit is not a devil or a demon, but it is a place where devils and demons can work from. And many of us, our whole life, the enemy has been providing you with the events in an attempt to get you to form bad habits so that, you, so that that bad habit can waste your time. It started when you were a child and that man molested you. That woman molested you. That friend of the family molested you. The devil is like, hopefully this event will cause a bad habit of immorality, will cause a habit of same sex attraction, will cause a habit of you feeling dirty and feeling filthy and you didn't even do anything but trust somebody to watch you. Hopefully that this can cause for them to start a journey of bad habits because I'm after their time so they won't be a problem for me while they're in time it started when your friend introduced you to weed in seventh grade hopefully that event can form a habit of substance abuse and that habit can cause for them to waste their time and i won't have to worry about them while they're in time because their habits are stealing their time it started when your mother said you're stupid, you're dumb, and you're no good. Why don't you be like your sister? Why don't you be more like your brother? Or when your father walked out, and that caused a habit of low self-esteem. I'm getting it, y'all. He provides events in hopes to get us to engage in habits. Because bad habits will steal our time. So we have to get this in our mind. Listen. I'm going to overcome every obstacle, every event. I'm not yours, and it's not up for discussion. I feel this, y'all. Let's terrify hell. Can I get everybody to say, I'm not yours, and it's not up for discussion. My body is not yours. It was not made for abuse. It was not made for fornication. It was not made for masturbation. It was not made for immorality. It was not made to get high, smoke cooker, or sip on gin and juice. But it was made to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It was made to carry the kingdom of heaven. It was made to be God's transportation system in the earth. I have a declaration this afternoon, and it's I'm not yours, and it's not up for discussion. My mind is not yours. No longer will I allow my mind to be on a merry-go-round of overthinking and what if and what if they don't like me and what if I don't get hired and what if I can't pay the rent. No, this will be the year of mental stillness. This will be the year of mental peace. This will be the year of mental governments. I have a declaration this afternoon and it's I'm not yours and it's not up for discussion. 
I'm not viewing myself as filthy, as unclean. The blood covered me. Can I get somebody to say, I'm not yours? yours. And it's not up for discussion. discussion. Okay. Now that you've declared that, God is like, I know that. Now let's, let's look at your habits. Because everybody who's, not everybody, because there are certain good churches, but everybody who's lying to you, telling you what God's going to do in 2024, if your habits don't change. See, that, that, I'm like, why, why does every prophetic word have to do with outward reward versus inward development? See, I'm trying to tell you how 2024 can be your spiritual year of growth. It starts by evaluating your habits. Just because this clock is changing to midnight and hitting 2024, if your habits come in 2024 with you, you won't see all of the things that God wants to do, not because he doesn't want to give them to you, but your habits. It's your habits. It's your habits. It's your habits. Your type, your habit, that's what's messing you up. Your habit. God's like, teach my people. Maybe you're not stuck. Let, let's, let's, let's shift your perspective. You're not stuck. You're committed to a habit that keeps you in a cycle. That's so good, y'all. Maybe you're not stuck. You sure are committed, though, to a habit. And that habit is keeping you in a cycle. Hear me. Experienced harvest. Our prolonged harvest is impacted by your habits. This is why the enemy tries to provide us with events, which will be traps. The biblical word for trap is snare. I taught us that in Trap House, February of this year. I said, what is a trap? Acronym, a trap is tricks right at pivots. Is something to trick you right at your most pivotal moment, right when you're about to make a pivotal decision. We could see this all throughout Scripture, how God wants us to be aware of the traps and the snares of the enemy. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 26, and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that has set before us. Okay, you can't run with endurance with bad habits, because bad habits gives you a bad heart. You try to run with heart problems. Y'all missed it. Running is cardiac activity. And there's a race that we're supposed to run, but it's going to be hard when bad habits have roots in our heart. Somebody say habits. 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 It It is the invisible architect that's robbing our time. Habits. The merry-go-round of unexperienced results. Habits, the source that's limiting us 
from being the version of ourselves that God has created for us to be. What is causing that? Habits. And church, we've spiritualized it by calling it warfare. I'm just going through some warfare right now, Pastor. Just the devil's limiting me. You're not limited. You're under a habit. Your habits have formed a habitat in your life. So good, y'all. And that's what's limiting you. This might be tough, but for some of us, you haven't engaged in spiritual warfare since 2015. That habit is the devil's security deposit. I don't have to deal with them. That's going to keep them. It kept their mama. It kept their daddy. It kept their grandmother. It kept their grandfather. It kept As long as they have that habit, they will steal, kill, and destroy from their own life. Habits. Habits are either the elevator to your spiritual development and growth, or they are the undertaker to your spiritual development and growth. Habits. Habits train and position us to grow, or habits train and position each season of our life to look like twins. Your habits. Habits. I know that y'all didn't expect this, but it's okay. Your habits. When quitting, when it gets hard, has become your habit, your harvest will always be a wish, never a reality. Every time it gets hard, you quit. When it gets difficult, you run. Marriage gets hard, you run. Job gets hard, you run. Somebody holds you accountable, you run. Church holds you accountable, you run. I preach something you don't like, you run. Somebody on the job corrects you, you run. When running and quitting has become your habit, next level will always be a wish for you. It'll never be a reality. Habits, habits. The shadow, hear me, the shadow of every problem is a habit. The shadow of every problem is a habit. Overthinking problem, a habit of creating scenarios in your head. The shadow of every problem is a habit. Control problem, a habit of wanting to control the outcome. Habit. <laughs> y'all see y'all faces. Habit. <laughs> habit. Substance abuse problem, a habit of taking false escapes. Any problem that you have in your life, I guarantee you, if you look at it, you'll see there's a habit. Why is this important? Because your habits are where your time is the most. If we're in this teaching in this series on timing, how do you identify where your time is going the most? Check your habits. Check your habits. I told you, your phone will let you know. Ooh, I'm going to throw in hit just to help you. Here's a good way to save time. When you go to the restroom, don't take your phone. Go do what you got to do. Leave your phone out there. It's small, it, it starts with identifying the small foxes. Small things that you think aren't that bad. Remember, small tweaks take you to giant peaks. A small match can cause for a whole apartment complex to be caught on fire. What are you labeling as small that is really a time stealer because it's a habit? And here's the thing, habits can be passed down generationally. But here's the thing, when abnormal has become your normal, 
When abnormal has become your normal, bad habits aren't seen as habits, they're seen as personalities. That's how uncle is, he always cursing people out. That's just his personality. No, that's a generational habit of everybody in my bloodline that when they get angry, their mouth goes. What if what you call a personality is just a habit? <laughs> That's not you. That's a trap that you engaged in that has become a habit that now is your habitat, and you inhabit that trap. And so now your habits keep on producing trap-like nature. <laughs> no wonder you're looking for a hookup, because traps hook things. And you don't even recognize the only reason you're attracted to him or her is your habit. You don't know what it's like to be alone. You don't know what it's like to be single for a season. You have to have a man. You have to have a woman. That's your habit. Your habit. Ooh, I don't have time. I don't have time. That's 2024. Mm -mm. We got all 2024 by God's grace. God has already given me a series called Firefighters. We're going to deal with that then. Everything that's causing your fire to go out, we're going to deal with that. Okay. Um, so I, I want us to see this, and this is a portion I, I, I was declaring last New Year's Eve. I want us to see this, that habits aren't always a problem. They're also the power. Jesus himself had habits. Luke chapter 5, verse 16, real short, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. So the word often means this is his habit. And look at this, y'all. He deliberately was trying to be lonely. I'm reading the text deliberately. What if the enemy has caused for you to cause loneliness a habit so that every time you're alone when God is trying to speak to you, you immediately fill that space with another voice and that was a lonely place that God was trying to speak to you, but you have a habit of feeling lonely spaces. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Emphasis on often. Luke chapter 4, verse 16, speaking of Jesus once again, he went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. Jesus had habits. Luke chapter 22, verse 39. Coming out, he went into the Mount of Olives as he was accustomed. Are y'all seeing this? The king of glory himself had habits and his disciples also followed him there because the foundational principle of discipleship is to show others your kingdom habits. I promise they will hear and see your habits before they ever hear you try to preach to them. Before you ever try to preach, oh, this time is serious. Oh, let me tell you what the pastor said. They are hearing your habits louder. Luke chapter 19, verse 47. And he was teaching daily in the temple. Are y'all seeing this? Jesus had habits. You have habits. But the question is, are your habits kingdom or are your habits cultural? Because if this is, is flesh-based of human origin, it will fail. But if this is God, then you won't be able to stop them. This is how we become unstoppable. I think ever so often God gives wisdom to a man or a woman that has generational implications. I think like one of those basic examples is like the love languages. Everybody all over the world 
is talking about words of affirmation, uh, what's your love language. And it's, it's, it's wisdom to help you to be able to navigate through relationships. I believe God gave me one for this particular message. There's this, this chart that we made, five purposes of time. And I really want us, please, allow this to be like your compass. This should be your time budget, okay? We have purposeful time, recreational time, rest time, recovery time, and devotion time, okay? If you want to have a time chart, this is a wonderful chart that can hold you accountable all, not even all of 2024, but for the rest of your life. Purposeful time, recreational time, rest time, recovery time, devotion time. Okay, I want to leave this chart up for a minute where you can get it. If 80% of your time is having fun, Call of Duty, NFL, whatever your favorite TV show is, recreation is good. We all need rec all of these aspects of your life. You need all of them. But you have to make sure that you're dedicating time to them based on how much, how much they need to serve you in this season of your life. So some people, you have no fun. I love Jesus. I'm saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Want to ride dirt bikes? That's above me. What, what you doing for New Year's? I'm fasting and praying all night. <laughs> you don't want to pop a firework? That's carnal. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Some, they have no recreational time. Okay? Now, here's the thing. When you live in recreation and you keep on resting, poverty will overwhelm you like a whirlwind. You have to sleep. That's biblical. It's also biblical, those who love sleep, though. It's Proverbs all day. If you love sleep, a little folding of the hands, a little slumber, a little rest, and poverty will overtake you like a, like a whirlwind. I'm messing everybody up who loves naps. I love to sleep. Okay, you need to sleep. You need to sleep. That, that's needed. So you dedicate the amount of time. What's healthy? Seven, eight hours. That's what they say is healthy time. So you dedicate that. Okay? Now, your recovery time is the thing that I think people use devotion time to rush to recovery. Well, I'm healed. I'm focused. Okay, that hurt, though. That hurt. When my wife had Josiah in April of this year, there was, I always strive to be gracious to my wife, but my grace like went up 20 times because I knew that she's recovering from what hurt, even though what hurt is blessing her with something that she can now carry, she still needs a support system. This is for everybody who says, I don't need nobody. Who's going to help you limp off the field? How long are you going to crawl? He said, I don't need nobody. I'm good. I'm good. No, you need help. That could be in the form of therapy. That could be in the form of counseling. You need help. Sometimes some of the worst things you could do is have your pastor try to counsel you. Not just talking about me, but some, these pa a lot of pastors, you are not licensed. I understand you got a degree in seminary. That's great. That's great. But I'm not going to my cardiologist to ask them how to fix a tire. They may know how to do it, but I'm going to go to a mechanic who studied it. 
Nothing is wrong with that. And we need to normalize that. I need a Christian therapist that will help me heal and give me scripture. This is why we are many members of one body. I don't have every gift. And I'm not acting like I have every gift. Got to have recovery time. Devotion time, that's non-negotiable. When do you do that? Morning, all day. First thing, first thing, first thing, devotion time. If I would encourage somebody, do it twice, morning and night. When I was trying to get over porn, I had to do it morning, lunch, and night. I was following Daniel. He did it three times a day. I am too. You laughing, but my flesh was so out of control that I had to overwhelm my flesh with spiritual disciplines. I'm in college going in the restroom reading the Bible. Instead of going on the tiger walk, I would go in the restroom and read the Bible. Didn't want to, but I got to get my flesh under control. I don't like when she walks by. I can't control my eyes. I got to have discipline. And I was focused on that. Purposeful time. That's what you've been born to do. Taking care of your temple. And I promise you, if you use this model as a chart, okay, am I resting? Okay, I'm not doing my devotion. All right, I I need to rest. Okay, I haven't had no fun today. Okay, let me do something fun. What's personal? Okay, let me go here and serve my... I have to make sure I'm applying time to the full measure of my life so I'm not wasting it. Is this making sense? All right. So give you these points and we can go home. How do you establish kingdom habits? Number one, construct a habit or regiment of God first. Okay. Any other point first wouldn't be the right order. God has to be first. Psalms 143 Verse 8, cause me to hear your loving kindness at night. Somebody caught it. Cause me to hear your loving kindness at night, in the morning, okay? So the first, when your eyes open, don't grab the phone first. Only thing you should do it, stop the alarm, if you use an alarm. First, seek the Lord. Cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning, for in you do I trust. Cause me to know the way in which I should walk, for I lift up my soul to you. Me just being transparent, I'm not a morning person. I'm not. Add that to you didn't get enough sleep. Add that to your children waking you up. Add that to you already annoyed. You're probably going to get flesh. This is just me. Y'all can judge me all you want. It's just me. Since I know me, because you have to know your sin proclivities. Since I know me, you better dedicate yourself. And I would study me. I'm going to brush my teeth first. No, because somebody knock on the door or something, you're irritated. Wake up, knees. That's, that's how I'm wired. Somebody else, you may be able to brush your teeth and eat your oatmeal, then thank God that may be you. Me, immediately. Immediately. God, thank you for allowing me to see a new day. A day I never saw before and a day I'll never see again. Forgive me for all sins I've committed, known and unknown. And on today, God, give me the strength to seek your face and to make decisions that will be a kingdom example, not just for me, but also for my family. Help me be a godly husband. I want Tanisha to see you when she looks at me. Help my children see God-likeness in their father. Help order my steps on today, God. I don't know what I'm going to face on today, but I'm asking that you give me the strength and that you give me the wisdom to guide me because you are my shepherd. Lead my feet on a day. 
I'm not thou art the holiest. I'm, I'm just talking. Construct a habit and regiment of God first. Before the phone, before the show, before Facebook, before Instagram, before responding to that text, before looking at your ring notifications, whatever it may be, seek the Lord first. Number two, discover the root. Discover the root. Remember, I taught us this. If you could trace it, you could unlearn it. This is one thing I learned about my habits. Most of my habits were socially influenced. Trace it. You only drink when you go to happy hour with your girls. Trace it. Do you do it at home, on your own? Not really. It's when they hit you up saying, what you doing? You only go to the hookah bar. You don't just pull up on your own. It's when your boys say, hey, what you doing tonight? Trace it. Some of us don't even recognize how free we really are because we've never done an inventory of our circle. Or better yet, put it this way. Maybe that's not your circle, that's your cell. And your friends are really your prison mates. And if you were to trace your habits, trace them. Trace them. Porn and masturbation was higher for me at night. So guess what? Don't pick up your phone. Why y'all looking like that? We talk about this in church. Notice your sin proclivities. And then have somebody in your life that could check you. Because I don't want my habits to burglarize any more time of my life. Number three, spiritual reinforcements. Bible study, community, prayer, podcast. Just be careful what you listen to because sometimes you get sick eating from multiple tables. Okay? Everybody who is Christian and, and preaching is not preaching sound theology. So I'm not one to say, only oh, listen here. I don't, I don't do that. But you want to make sure you listen to substance that helps you get closer to Jesus. And last one, number four, evaluate your time budget. Is this a bill? Or is this an investment? And that chart, that chart, you could use it. When you wake up today, just look at it. What would be considered purposeful time? What would be considered recreation? What would be considered rest? What would be considered recovery? And what is my devotion time? Just use that. Use those five things to help you. And I promise you, if you just start doing that, you'll be a better steward of your time. What I felt, the Holy Spirit put on my heart as I'm in prayer. What do you want me to say? Last Sunday of the year, so many people distracted, want to hurry up and go. What, what do you want me to say? I don't really feel like there's a prophetic word. What is it? Tell them observe their habits. Their habits. That is where change begins. Change something you do every day and repeat it again tomorrow. Their habits. It's not that I'm not answering their prayers. It's their habits are stealing them. So God, in this moment, last day, 2023, we recognize that the way we end is just as important by the way we start. Whoever, Father, twofold, who's already had plans for the night of how they're going to turn up, convict the mess out of them. Help them recognize 
That's not kingdom habits. I'll just burglarize their time. For many of us, God, who have all of these resolutions, which are great. It's great to have goals and want to grow spiritually. Help us to always live with the with a God-first mindset. God-first. Fill us, O oh God, first, so that by the time the world offers us its entrees of temptation, we're so full of breakfast devotion time that I don't want the donuts of culture because I already ate from the living bread. And God, we also ask that you Forgive us for all sins that we've committed, known and unknown. You're such a merciful God, a loving God. And we just want to serve you better. We understand that it's not by works that any man can boast, but we're saved by grace through faith. And we're so thankful for the gift of salvation. But we hear you. We hear you. Observe your habits. Because truly, you inhabit the praises of your people. And God, we want to live lives that are kingdom-driven. And we're so thankful for your goodness. We're so thankful for your mercy. Help us have better habits, better routines, so that we won't waste a year of our life. And anybody who feels discouraged right now, as though I wasted a year, help them to remember that you're a God that redeems the time. Not midnight right now. Right now, 124, change can happen now. Help us to trust you and have faith in your timing. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Was this good for somebody? Yeah. I've never done this before. Um, usually, when a series ends, next Sunday, January 7th, will be brand new series. But it's like, no, timing's going to end next Sunday. And you're going to speak around this topic. That was the last time. Now that you're in a new year, you can say, that was the last time I did that. So that we can ensure that certain things don't cross over with us. It's going to be a fight. I'm not saying that you're going to be perfect. You're not going to wake up at midnight and be a total new person. But at least your mind will be enlightened and you have the wisdom and steps on what to take, on how I could be a better believer. So I want everybody just to say this prayer with me. We do it corporately just for community purposes. Can I get everybody to say, God, God without, you, without you, I'm lost. I'm, lost. I'm, in I'm in desperate need of a Savior. Of a savior. Save me. Save you me. promised me promised. if I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart. That God raised Jesus from the grave, I shall be saved. I believe that. Now, Father, deal with my habits. Now, Holy Spirit, deal with my cravings. Conform me and shape me into the image of Jesus Christ. I'm thankful for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yeah. Now, you said that prayer for the first time, rather in person or online in the overflow. I want you to text the word fresh start 
to this number that we have provided on the screen for you. It just simply is a video that's going to have me pop up and let you know that you made the best decision of your life. You want to text the word Fresh Start to 844-484-0836.